Hey everyone, Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today. This is the official Notre Dame football postgame show presented by St. Joseph Health System. Brought to you by Coca-Cola, Sirius XM, Chili's, Papa Vino's, South Bend Orthopedics, South Bend Airport, West Bend Insurance, Centier Bank, and ABC 57 News. Also by Pet Refuge, Barnabys of Mishawaka and Granger, OSMC, and the Food Bank of Northern Indiana. Notre Dame losing the uh, the season finale to USC, thirty eight to twenty seven, and uh, there were times where it kind of felt like more. One thing I do know: Caleb Williams is pretty darn good. Uh, the official Notre Dame football post game show. Uh, presented by St. Joseph Health System. I'm Jimmy Rosari uh, with Reggie Brooks. Uh, Reggie, Caleb Williams looked like uh, Tecmo Bowl Bo Jackson, didn't he? Without a doubt, I mean, uh, again, we we helped we I think we helped him win the Heisman Trophy. Yeah, <laughs> uh, with that performance, so uh, that was a tough one. Minus twenty five hundred right now at BetMGM on Caleb Williams. So everybody else not even close. Well, again, this is you know <laughs> you gotta you gotta play you gotta tackle. I mean, yeah. you know, this was just yeah. plain and simple, just poor tackling, which is something we've talked about all year. And it, 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 you know, when you when you don't make tackles against very good offensive football teams, you, you're asking for trouble. Um, so they didn't do anything spectacular in Austin Jones. The running back, you know, 150 yards, and a lot of it was, you know, uh, yards after contact, mm-hmm. you know, and, and then we couldn't get anything going on the ground. Uh, I still don't like the, the type of play calling because it was more of the draws and we were running sideways, and it's like I, I was I was shocked that we weren't able to run right at them and, and knock them off the ball. Yeah, I uh... – Really, yeah, I'm I'm kind of disappointed in the play calling tonight. Quite honestly, um, there there were a number of times where I'm just going, "Why are they doing East West? Why?" And yeah. uh, I think it's it's very frustrating considering, you know, the two games that when we ran downhill, mm-hmm. you know, Clemson and well, even North Carolina, but Clemson. And and you know, last week you know mm-hmm. we I thought hey they got the formula, you know, and this is this is how the, this is going to go and nope, <laughs> right? That's not how it went. Yeah, I uh, I I thought that that was the formula too to get the running game going so that you didn't have to put everything on Drew Pine, uh, and instead everything got put on Drew Pine basically. Uh, and honestly, I thought he played really well. Aside from the two, he did play uh, aside, well. aside mean, from the two mistakes, 
the interception, you know, that I mean that's that's trying to, you know, get your team back at least uh into a competitive uh situation. Uh the fumble I, you know, eh, okay. Uh but uh I thought Drew Pine played really really well tonight. I I agree. I mean, you know, he was at one point in time 15 for 15. Mm-hmm. You know, completing the ball well, but it's um, the formula for for Notre Dame to win on a consistent basis. You know, you got to run the ball, and you know, their USC's defense is not is not really that good. No, it's not. That's the thing that was <laughs> really very not. disconcerting. Is exactly. I mean, they they give up points pretty readily, and but you know, you know, you're going to have to compete against a. Uh, uh, you know, an offense that is high powered mm-hmm. and they got, you know, their quarterback was, was, you know, I don't think he completely outshined Drew Pine, but I mean, there's a definite, definite difference in the quarterback that, you know, SC has and the quarterback that we have, Yeah, you know, and that's just one of those things. Again, uh, I think he, comp- you know, like I said, Drew Pine competed well, but they were they were just a lot more balanced in terms of being able to run the ball and you know throw the ball when they needed to and you know and and we just flat out couldn't tackle. I mean that that yeah, was that, the worst tackling effort I've seen all year. Yeah, I. Yeah, there's there's nothing more you can say to that. That it it, it was it was worse than really any game. It, like any even the losses. Uh, you know the the the, uh, the Marshall loss, the Stanford loss, the Ohio State loss, even like worse than any of those. Uh, any of those. This was flat out the worst Oof. tackling performance all year, yeah. and to have it happen at the end of the season, unacceptable. Mm-hmm. That's just flat out unacceptable to have your worst tackling performance at the end of the year, and you know, and you got to give Caleb. Caleb Williams credit, you know, Austin oh, yeah. Jones credit because they performed. They performed mm-hmm. at a high level and, you know, you, you got to, you know, say, hey, hats off to them. But to not ta- to tackle that poorly is is just ridiculous. Yeah, Caleb Williams, 18 of 22 for 232 yards passing uh, with one touchdown passing and then nine rushes, 35 yards, three touchdowns. Uh, Jones on the other uh uh, yeah, Jones, on the other hand, 25 rushes, 154 yards. So, yeah, Austin Jones, uh, was those two were a pretty solid one-two punch against Notre Dame. Uh, we'll get deeper and deeper into this game, although, you know, how deep do you want to <laughs> dig into a big pile of crap, really? Uh, 38-27, USC beating Notre Dame. Uh, we've got plenty more. We've got Marcus Freeman's press conference uh, to, uh, to get to. We've got uh, probably a couple of players to, uh, to possibly get to as well. And, uh, yeah, we'll just uh, start breaking it down. Coming up, the official Notre Dame football postgame show on Sunny 101.5 and uh, Sports Radio 960 WSBT.
The official Notre Dame football postgame show on Sunny 101.5 and Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Sponsored in part by the Orthopedic and Sports Medicine Center, OSMC, providing orthopedic care to Michiana since 1973. Also by the Food Bank of Northern Indiana. Hunger is a story we can end. Learn more at feedindiana.org. Let's start uh, breaking this one down. Uh, As I mentioned before, I don't think Drew Pine played all that all that poor, all that poorly tonight. Quite honestly, uh, twenty-three of twenty-six, three hundred eighteen yards, three touchdowns, uh, two of them to Michael Mayer. Uh, did have the uh, the one interception towards the end of the game as they were uh, trying to uh, drive and, and and stay in the thing. Um, the 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 running game non-existent tonight. You know, compared to, to compared to other weeks, and that. That was really disappointing. It, 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 it was just – it was mind-boggling because, you know, I think it's been said multiple times that, you know, that's the formula. And Coach Freeman has mentioned it on, on multiple occasions that the formula for success is run the football. And, you know, and it's not that they didn't run it. I just think, again, the, the type of run was – the type of running they were doing just was not – it's not what what's conducive. Like I said, when you have object estimate and you're not running downhill, and we're still running more delayed delayed runs, yeah, that's that's not good. You know, I mean, it's, you're not going to have success. You know, you you just come off of annihilating a team that you know. I think personally, like I said physically their defense was better. Not talking about Boston College in terms of physicality and we you know that was probably the more disturbing thing is the we just got dominated on both sides of the ball physically and sc is not a physical football team but that so for that to happen that's inexcusable yeah for uh for as good as usc is on offense um that's only where they're good. They are. They are. It is not a good defense. Notre Dame should have been able to uh, to bust off more than a couple of big runs. You know, really spaced out. Um, but there were also some some really puzzling play calls, like you said. Uh, there there was uh, early on where uh, where it was. Uh, I think it was Diggs. Uh, you know, going east west, or it may have been estimated. Uh, it was like a, a yeah. speed. A sp- yeah, speed route. A, a and, speed, uh, speed. It's like, why are we going towards the sideline? Exactly. <laughs> I was, I was just like, why are, why are we doing east west? Why? So, uh, yeah, I, there, there were some puzzling play calls. I, I, I thought tonight this was, uh, this was not one of, uh, one of Tommy Reese's better efforts. Quite honestly, as far as play calling went. Again, I again, I, I, I commend. Um, Drew Pine because again he you know twenty three for twenty six yeah that's pretty darn good yeah three eighteen yeah you know that's... I will say that he's he's still forcing a few things in there to to Michael Mayer but mm-hmm. all in all I mean he threw the ball very well it's just if you know if you were going to tell me that you know we, we were going to have to rely on Drew Pine to win this game I'm like that's not a winning formula yeah that's just not for for, at this particular time for this team, I said, you know, you and because that, that helps him if, she, if he's able to 
strip the ball. And again, I know they were talking about they were eight man fronts. I still think again, if you're running directly at somebody, and probably the most disturbing thing is multiple times we're third and short, mm-hmm. and we don't get it. Yeah, and I'm looking like, really? Yeah, you you we can't get a yard or two yards mm-hmm. against USC's, and, I, and I'm not, and I, I'm I'm trying not to <laughs> really down <laughs> USC's defense because they just. Kick, kick no names behind. Yeah, right. But it's like I'm, I've watched some games. It's like it was like, is this the same team? Yeah, like where where, where has this team been this entire season? Where's the film on this team? Is this even actually USC on defense? Is this another team you know somehow brought in? Uh, that that's basically what I was saying. I was thinking that it was just going to be. Um, you know, as 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 far as running, you know, like I, I figured it was going to be like an offensive uh, back and forth, quite honestly. Uh, you know, of course you have you know Caleb Williams on on one side of the ball, and then you got the Irish running game on the other side, and those were going to be. We're thinking, you know, yeah, we keep them off the field by running the football. That gives you your best chance to win consistently, and. It was USC that ran the football. I was like, mm-hmm. didn't didn't see that coming. Mm-mm. Did not see that coming. Yeah, I uh, yeah, just kind of sat there, uh, really, really, really kind of surprised. And uh, yeah, as, as we said, this was uh, this was not a good defensive effort either. Um, yeah, you, you look back, they gave up twenty eight points to Stanford. Uh-huh. Even though we lost to Stanford, twenty five points to Arizona State. These are not good football. 20, 42 to uh, Utah, 37 to Arizona, 35 to Cal, and 45 to UCLA. And it's yeah. like, you know, it's like, really? We we can't put points on the board? And in most of those games, you know, they gave up plays in the run game. Yeah, the uh, the first couple of drives, uh, especially the first drive where, you know, after, after USC takes their opening drive, takes it for a touchdown, and then Notre Dame goes three and out. I was like, "Uh oh, we this this is not this is not going to be a good game today." Um, uh, I was hoping that it would turn around, and it kind of started looking like it, it like it was going to start turning turning around. Um, but uh, yeah, they you know just couldn't stop couldn't stop Caleb Williams couldn't stop uh, couldn't stop Jones on 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 their running game. Couldn't tackle anybody to save their lives, quite honestly. Yeah, it was, it was, it was, again, like I said, this is a rivalry game. Mm-hmm. I'm like, where is the intensity, you know, the commitment to focus to say, hey, I'm not going to let this team, team beat me. And like I said, we're going to play at a high, higher level and, and get it done. And that's just, I mean, like I said, you know, I mean, how many times can you reiterate the poor tackling? How how, how many times can you reiterate the lack of physicality up front by our offensive line, you know, and their struggles? Um, You know, we we didn't get guys pushed off the ball, and we didn't, like I said, run downhill. It would have nice been to see a, you know, a trap or a counter um, in the run game, 
and then you play action off of that. But to never even establish the run game, I was like, this is not gonna this is not gonna go well. If if mm-hmm. we can't run the ball, you know, we can't keep them off the field because we found out pretty quickly stopping them was gonna be a problem. And you know, you knew that coming in because of how high powered their offense is and the fact that they have you know, the Heisman front runner and 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 he is ever bit worthy of that that you know that title, you mm-hmm. know, the Heisman front runner because he's shown up game in and game out and you know he is the the focal point. And it was not a thing that we that Notre Dame could do about it. Yeah. There and and Notre Dame's not the first team that he's done this to either, where he where he just looks like this oil-covered pinball just, you know, flying around all over the place. He's done this pretty much all season. So what can you do at that point, you know? Well, I think, again, like I said, it, it's, you know, it is not easy. But I know they had mentioned something about, like I said, taking, you know, better angles and, you know, having the hit point, you know, just above the the, the – just below the numbers and, you know – and when you're trying to tackle a guy like that, you cannot go to where he is. You have to go to where he's going to be. Mm-hmm. And that starts, you know, by attacking upfield shoulders and, you know, keeping leverage on the ball and squeezing the football to force him back inside to where you have help coming. But when you allow him to break contain, it's a wrap. And there's too many times that, you know, guys took angles where they, you know, where he was, as a, and he would bait them into it, you oh, know, yeah. by stepping yeah. up, stepping back, and it's like, you know, don't don't chase after, you know, a, a player's legs and shoulders and, and get caught up in the movement. Pick a point outside leverage of the, of the runner and go toward that point and keep a bead on that point and stay focused on that point. And don't get caught into looking at his feet and his legs, because when you do that, nothing's good going to happen from that point. Yeah. Um, Let's see. USC also uh, really kind of wore down the defense as as time went on. You know, it's like they started off not being able to tackle them because, you know, they just weren't tackling anybody. Uh, After a certain point, they weren't tackling anybody because they were – just dead tired, probably. Uh, 35-23 for USC on time of possession, 24-37 uh, for Notre Dame. But, uh, you know, like I'm looking at some of these stats, you know, Notre Dame with 22 first downs, SC with 23. Third down, 5 of 7 for Notre Dame, 8 of 12 for USC. And then there was the the 0 for 1 on fourth down, uh, SC going 1 for 1 on fourth down. Really, you know, as far as plays went – uh, you know, really kind of even. There, you know, a slight edge to USC, but I mean, they. It, it felt like Notre Dame was playing from behind, and and they were really, but uh, but really having to put in like the two minute drill pretty much all night in order to, in order to even try keeping up. And and the the killer thing is, like I said, when you're playing a team like Southern Cal, the the one area that you cannot come up short. And that's in the turnover department, mm-hmm. and you know that was that was where we 
we we fell off. I mean, yeah. you know, turnovers. Who's it? Yep. You know, you you can't turn the ball over against a team like that, and 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 you know, first of all, you you you're you know you you were right down there before the fumble. You're in their territory and you're moving the ball well. I mean, mm-hmm. Notre Dame moved the ball through the air quite well. They came out at halftime looking good. Thing. They came and, out. They came out at halftime looking really good, and then uh, and then that yeah. fumble happened. So just kind of deflated. And again, everything. and that just just took the, the took the air out of. And you're putting your defense back on the field, mm-hmm. and they're getting the ball back in in good field position. Yeah. So you know you look at that, and you know, instead of coming out of it 17-7 and opportunity to go 14-17, boom, you give that play up, they go and score. And, you know, you cannot continue to give a team like that, an offense like that, opportunities because they will capitalize. And to, to your point, I mean, not a lot of difference in terms of total yards and, you know, uh Time of well, time of possession that was different. Yeah, but like you know, third downs they were pretty pretty much even. Mm-hmm. But when you look at that, all things being even, even like I said, from a penalty standpoint, we had four, they had six. It was not a highly penalized game. You know, average per play seven seven yards both ways. They had a, they had you know yeah. about nine more plays, so it was not a lot. Yeah. that separated the teams it was the turnovers yeah. and the poor tackling yeah uh, i mean when you you when you go back to go back to those two things that that was that was the main difference yeah even even more of a uh, of a of a crusher than just than just 2-0 as far as turnovers go it's that defensive points off of said turnovers uh and that was 14 and i mean like you said it, it's just free points at that point against against a team like USC. Uh, we'll have more as we uh, as we continue to break down the uh, the game tonight. USC thirty eight, Notre Dame twenty seven. More to come here on the official Notre Dame uh, football post game show presented by St. Joseph Health System. The official Notre Dame football post game show presented by St. Joseph Health System continuing on Sunny 101.5 and Sports Radio 960 WSBT. I'm Jimmy Rosari, Reggie Brooks uh, here with me. Notre Dame losing to USC tonight 38 to 27. Uh, we're uh, continuing to uh, to break things down. We've also got uh, Marcus Freeman's post game press conference. Uh, let's go ahead and play that back right now. All right, um, as I just told the team, you know, I'm sure everybody's disappointed from me on down. And, and, um, you know, you really, you want to see how you compare against a team like that when you're playing at your best. We didn't play at our best. A couple self-inflicted wounds, the ability to to turn the ball over twice, um, the turnover on downs in the first half, you know, and defensively, we didn't stop them. We didn't stop the run. You know, for them to rush for 200 yards, man, that, that, that's not a formula for success. So um, they're a dang good football team, um, really good. Uh, you know, we have a really good football team, and that's just the disappointment that you want to see. When two really good football teams both play really well, you want to see what the outcome is. But um, take our hats off to them and, uh, you know, wish them all the best. So with that, I'll open up for question. What made Caleb Williams so difficult to defend? Yeah. 
gosh, just you see it happen over and over all year. You know, his ability to feel pressure, um, to spin out of it. We told our guys, he's going to spin, he's going to spin, work upfield. He's elusive, man. He's got huge legs. He's like a running back back there at times, but he's got an arm of a great quarterback. You know, he's really difficult to, to bring down, um, you know, and, and uh, he's a special player. The inability to run the ball offensively, were you surprised that you guys were able to get more going with the run game? Um, yeah, I thought we would be able to run the ball more, but, you know, we were still efficient in what we were doing. And so when you're not able to run the ball well, you know, as well as you want, you got to be able to throw the ball. And I thought we threw the ball really well. You think about the first half, we had three possessions, really. You know, the first one was a three and out, trying to get a feel for the game. The second one, we drive the length of the field and we go for it on fourth and one, and we don't convert. The next one, we go down the field and we score a touchdown. You know, and then the second half, the fumble of the very first series in their territory, obviously that killed us. Um, and then we score and score, and then we uh, throw the interception in a two-minute situation. But we had to get a stop defensively to, to give our offense a, a serious chance, and we didn't do that. How, how difficult to play catch up against that team where they have such an explosive offense and you can keep scoring? Yeah, it's difficult to play catch up to any team, but you know, when you're not able to stop their offense, it's extremely difficult. And we weren't able to do that um, at critical points of the game day. There was a couple times we got to stop, but at critical points of the game, we weren't able to get a stop. We didn't see Tariq Bracey tonight. Why was he not playing tonight? Hey, I'm sure. How much did that stress the defense not having him and Cam Hart? Yeah, it was, you know, especially Cam at the field corner, you know, Jaden Mickey, um, young, talented football player, but, you know, it's hard to come in and uh, start your first game of the year versus, you know, USC and an explosive offense. But he played his heart out, um, but you miss those two guys. They're valuable members of the defense. I'm proud of the way our team continued to progress, continue to fight, continue to get better. Um, you know, it's not over. We got one left, and uh, you know, we didn't win today. And they, they played their hearts out, and that's what I told them in the locker room. I'm proud of the way you play because you never quit, and uh, you continue to get better. When when you could have shoot after week two, it could have went a, an opposite direction. After week six, when we lost to Stanford, it could have went in a bad direction. But these leaders and these guys continue to fight and, and they'll fight after this one. It hurts because you, you gave it your all but um, our leaders will keep us together. The fumble by Drew, how much did that hurt the momentum for you guys? Yeah, it's a 10 point game at the time. We get the ball um, we're driving downfield and I think we're on an in between the 20 and 30 and you know we're rolling and QB and, and running back exchange and those are those can't happen. You can't happen. Um you know, if they, if they do something spectacular and, and they create a takeaway, it's good for them. But for us to, to give the ball away on a, a self-inflicted wound, a QB running back exchange, those are inexcusable. The fourth and one sneak by Mitchell Evans, what, did you see anything that went wrong on that? No, I, I, it was eight for eight, I think, going into this game. Um, you know, and then last week we had the ability to run the jet sweep off of it, and so we felt really confident doing it again on fourth and one situation. That was the plan to do it on a fourth and one and in plus territory, and we didn't get it. Um, you know, we'll have to go back and see what they did to stop it. We just didn't get the surge we needed, um, but it's part of it. Yeah, one last one. Last one.
I'm Caleb. Is it? I mean, you face some good quarterbacks, I'm sure, but he's different. Is it almost like facing an NFL quarterback? He's just so. I don't know. I've never. I don't. I didn't coach him. So. <laughs> but he's so versatile, and he, he hurt you with the running as well as the passing. Yeah, Tyler asked the same question. He's a talented quarterback. He can run. He's got thick legs. He spins out of out of pressure, and he's really good. I don't know. I don't have anything else to say about him. And that is Marcus Freeman's post-game press conference, if you could actually hear it (laughs) amidst all the crowd noise in the background there. Kind of what you get when you're you're on the road a little bit. Uh, We'll uh, we'll get Reggie's thoughts on uh, what Coach Freeman had to say and uh, and plenty more as the official Notre Dame football post-game show continues right after this. The official Notre Dame football postgame show presented by St. Joseph Health System continuing on Sunny 101.5 and Sports Radio 960 WSBT, USC 38, Notre Dame 27. We uh, heard from head coach Marcus Freeman in the last segment. Uh, Reggie, your thoughts on what coach had to say? Um, I would have liked to heard a little more about why they, you know, what, what he felt the the lack of success running the ball was from, you mm-hmm. know, I, you know, and he touched on it, but it would have been nice to hear more of why was that such a problem? Were they doing something differently that created, you know, an issue for an issue for you guys to run game? I, I, I think that, you know, that should have been, you know, looked at a little closer or at least discussed a little more because that, that was, uh, by far the most troubling thing that I, I I witnessed watching the game is that, you know, outside of the poor tackling was the fact that we couldn't get anything going up front and, you know, that, um, you know, the issues with the short yardage as well. Yeah. Uh, yeah, 26 rushes overall spread out over, you know, five rushers. Uh, 26 rushes, 90 yards. Uh, did have the one touchdown by Logan Diggs. Um, yeah, that, uh, that's, that's, that's a number that we really haven't seen that low too, too terribly often of late. Yeah. And again, it's just, it's just, it was, you know, against a a defense at, but that's again, when you go back to those, these rivalry games, Mm -hmm. you know, you need to understand it, it is that, and, you know, they came in, you know, they haven't beaten uh, Notre Dame in what the last four years. So they came in, you know, pretty keyed in and pretty uh, hyped up and you got to match that intensity. And, um, you know, and then he, in mentioning the, the, the lack of Cam, I thought uh, Cam Hart being out was significant from the standpoint of you could see how they were going after uh, Mickey, uh, oh, yeah. Jaden Mickey, um, yeah. and they were like really, they were looking for him, mm-hmm. and you know that that was something that you know it would be nice maybe to you rotate coverage to him, but I mean it, it was just too it, it was just too easy for them to I you know find him you know, locate him and then go yeah. after him. Yeah, yeah. Jaden Mickey having to start uh, for the injured Cam Hart tonight was uh, was definitely a a sore spot. Uh, that uh, that USC just kept poking and prodding at all night, and uh, you know every every time that they did it, it, it almost kind of seemed like they flinched 
Uh, as far as the defense goes, uh, Xavier Watts uh, with nine tackles, uh, J.D. Bertrand, who we'll hear from later, uh, with uh, with nine tackles as well. Isaiah Foskey with another uh, with another night, you know, five tackles, one and a half sacks. Uh, Justin Adamalola with five tackles and half a sack. So, you know, the the, the usual players showed up. Uh, but uh, it, it didn't seem like uh, like they had gotten enough of an effort from the rest of them either, you know? Well, even if the guys that showed up, I mean, yeah. you know, I saw, you know, Justin miss a few tackles. Mm-hmm. You know, Foskey missed a few tackles. Um, you know, Kaiser had a – was you know, he had some struggles. Um, Xavier Watts, I think he stood out more than anybody, but like I said, even actually J.D., you know, he missed some tackles, which, yeah. you know, is very uncharacteristic. So, yeah. you know, I mean, that, the kid made the, the entire defense look foolish. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And and a lot of it he just did on his own. Uh, you know, like he, he's yeah. just – he. I mean, we knew this going in. He was the best athlete on the field tonight. Yeah. And, and if you're – and that's why I was – you know, I thought it was of – utmost importance to kind of control the, the, the tempo of the game by yeah. running the ball and keeping the ball out of his hands because yeah. you know, he's just, he was just, he's just too dynamic of a player to be given opportunities. Yeah. Um, let's see. Stat wise, Michael Mayer, we'll talk about him coming up in a, uh, in a little bit. Uh, we'll also, uh, you know, kind of, kind of look to the future. I'm, I'm ready to turn the page already on this game, quite honestly. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, we'll, uh, we'll hear from, uh, I believe JD Bertrand and, uh, and, and Drew Pine. So, uh, we'll, we'll get those, uh, player press conferences out to you as well. And, uh, Matt Embry's got the, uh, the, the opponent's scoreboard, uh, for the last time this, uh, this regular season. And, and like I said, we're going to start looking to the future. So, uh, at, at least as far as a bowl game goes. So, that's what's coming up here on the official Notre Dame football postgame show. More to come here on Sunny 101.5 and Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Uh, Michael Mayer, that was his, uh, his first touchdown on the night. He had two of them. Uh, eight catches, 98 yards. Uh, and like I said, uh, those two touchdowns, he was targeted nine times. F- like, five of the catches f- were first downs. You know, like he was, he was Michael Mayer again. Uh, the uh, official Notre Dame football postgame show, uh, presented by St. Joseph Health System, uh, continuing. I'm Jim Arizari, Reggie Brooks with me. Michael Mayer has, uh, he's got a big decision to make uh, because uh, we we may we may have seen the last uh, the last of Michael Mayer in a Notre Dame uniform. It's a big decision, really. <laughs> It, um, here's I the here's the thing, I like I I get, I get both sides. Like I could I could see him going either way. Quite honestly, I could see him making the bu- the business decision, you know, to forego the bowl game and start getting ready for the NFL draft. I can totally see that. I can also yeah. totally I can also totally see him, and I don't know why I can totally see him doing this, but I do. Uh, I can totally see him saying, yeah. I want one more go around. It's like, huh? <laughs> like, 
is that is that just is that just him you know being the uh being the good teammate is that me maybe uh maybe putting too much on him what is that i i don't i just don't see the the benefit i mean <laughs> yeah i don't either yeah and i don't know i don't know michael mayer that well but mm-hmm. you know I, I and again i'm not a fan of the sitting out but at the same time let's be honest i mean yeah. this this guy's he's what 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 will it benefit him you know and again right. this is me being selfish um from my perspective but i i just don't see where you know and i and i i would love to see him play playing another Notre Dame uniform again i mean sure. i love watching the kid play but i would would not would not feel any type of way if he decided, hey, let's let's you know let's get ready for, you know the next level. Yeah, I would I would have no qualms about him making that move. Would not even think twice. And um, but I, I get your point. I could see him, you know, saying, hey, you know, I just I'm doing it just because he loves to play the game. Yeah, you know, and that's just type of person that he is. So, but. You know, me, I'm like, hey, man, just <laughs> you need to get ready for Sundays. Yeah, you got you got a lot of checks to uh, to come your way as long as you don't get hurt before the draft. So, uh, you know, let just we get it, man. <laughs> we, we don't think yeah. any we don't think ill of you one bit. We totally get it, man. So, uh, by the way, with the uh, with the second touchdown catch tonight, Michael Mayer now owns solo possession of third on Notre Dame's all time reception list with uh, with 180. Uh, he passed Jeff Samarja on the list, and he did that in less than three seasons. That uh, that stat from wow. Pete Byrne at uh, WSBT 22 here in South Bend, but uh, like that's 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 an insane that's an insane stat, quite honestly. I mean, he's a he's a one in a lifetime type of player. Yeah. You know, you don't, you know. So you know, I, I'm. It's been a pleasure watching him. You know, compete and watching. You know, from you know, I said this when he was a freshman. When he's a freshman, I'm like, this kid is special. Yeah. So, you know, and just to see how he he's grown, I, I think he's definitely going to need to be better in terms of. Um, you know, at the next level of being more physical with linebackers because those guys are going to be a lot more athletic and there's oh, yeah. really to cover. But, you know, he has all the tools and then and, and also just being being a, a, a more a, – a better blocker, mm-hmm. a more consistent block. Yeah. So – but other than that, you know, it's not a lot of – not a, not a lot of negatives that you can say, right. you know. So that's why I said it's 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 one of those deals where he's ready for that next level, one hundred percent. And then, like I said, not going to be surprised if he says, ah, "I'm going to have fun with my guys one more time." It's like what? Okay. Uh, so, provided he does make the correct business decision, who's next in line? Um, that's a good question. Uh, I I do believe again. You saw this a little bit. Uh, you know, you you know, 
Cozy and Styles, um, you know, Thomas. So there's some guys, you know, that are, you know, that that are a- available that are making that can make plays. Mm-hmm. You know, it was good to see Deion Cozy. He did yeah. a great job going up and going after that football. So in 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 all honesty, I think it would, you know, this is kind of a you got to see what what's what they're capable of doing without Michael Mary. I mean, he made the big catches, the touchdown catches, but you saw other guys that have cap- that capability to play and make make plays where, you know, and again, it's going to kind of force Drew Pine to look beyond just Michael Mayer. He tends to get locked in on him because a couple of times he threw the ball into, you know, double and – Quadruple coverage. Quintuple he made coverage, the throw and good them. catch. <laughs> yeah, he made the catch. So, you know, great job. Yeah. <laughs> but at the same time, like I said, you you know, if there are four people around Michael Mayer, somebody else is open. Right. Exactly. So they're not they're not defending somebody. Yeah. The the scale is tipped. You know, the scale is definitely tipped to one side of the field. Throw the ball to the other one. Uh, Deion Colsey, by the way, three catches for 75 yards. He did have the touchdown as well for uh, from 23 yards out uh, in the third quarter, which uh, which kept things still attainable for Notre Dame uh, in the second half. So a, a good game by, uh, by Deion Colsey as well. Um, okay. So we've I, I think we've got that figured out. Maybe I don't know. Do you think we've got that figured out? Now, let me ask you this: Were you saying who is the next tight end for Notre Dame? I mean, they got some good ones on the roster, but you know, I don't. You, yeah, I you'll mean, be hard you know, pressed to replace right uh, <laughs> Michael Mayer. I mean, you know, no pressure but, you know, or anything on anybody. That, <laughs> yeah, so I'm not. You know, I'm not gonna jump out there and say, "Oh, yeah, this guy is going to be a great replacement." Right, but. You know, they do have some guys, you know, on the roster that, you know, that can compete, you know, that will that that will be fine. I mean, Mitchell Evans, yeah. you know, sophomore, I think he's going to he's going to be fine. Um, Bauman, you know, so there's there are a few guys out there that, you know, I think, again, by committee, if you will. That can step up and 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 you know, not replace Michael Mayer, but you know, give give the quarterback some targets going into next year. It is the sort of thing where I mean, you know, you don't really replace it. You just kind of plug in another guy and just kind of hope for the best. Yeah, fair enough. That's a that's a fair statement. You know, I mean, so with, with as good but, as Michael Mayer you, has been, you know, I you know, again, that's a lot of pressure to put a. You know, it's like, hey, be as good as Mayer. Okay. Yeah, you know. and that's like, I think that's why it's so important that you get some of the receivers going yeah. to take some of that pressure off, and then you know you also have the backs uh, coming out of the backfield with. Um, you know, estimate, and you know, he had a, he he's actually done well coming out the backfield as yeah. well as Logan Diggs. Um, you know, Chris Tyree, he's a junior. So, I mean, again, I, it's going to be interesting to see how they use him coming back. So, I think they're still trying to figure out kind of where where he fits. 
Um, I still feel that he's a good, good back out of the backfield and his ability to get, get him in space and would love to see, you know, some screens run with him and allow him to get, you know, get, just get him in open space or, you know, digs, uh, estimate those they've shown that they can, you know, have the ability to pound it in there and still, like I said, make some moves here and there. So it's going to be interesting to see how, you know, cause, cause really, I mean, with the season, last game of the season, you know, people talk about the bowl game. Bowl game is really, you know, next year. That's the start of a, you know, a whole new team and, you know, starting, you know, playing for, playing for next year. And that's what that, you know, the game is a fun game, but it's also an opportunity to see how the, you know, these, these young guys have, you know, can, can they step up and to what, to what degree can we count on them for next year? We will uh, we will press on. We'll have a a couple of player press conferences still to go. Uh, we've got uh, Drew Pine. We've also got JD Bertrand uh, at the mic tonight. You know, not exactly the greatest sound quality, but you can still hear what the, what the guys are making out what they're what they are saying. So, uh, you know, we'll get those to you as well. See what uh, see what they thought of the game. Um, Matt Embry's got the opponent scoreboard here coming up, and uh, yeah, player of the game as well. Still to uh, still to crown for one final time in the regular season. All coming up on the official Notre Dame football postgame show presented by St. Joseph. The official Notre Dame football postgame show brought to you in part by Barnaby's of Mishawaka and Granger, serving Michiana's most favorite pizza since 1978. Pet Refuge, Adopt, Don't Shop, where new beginnings have happy endings, and Centier Bank, Indiana's largest private family-owned bank. Uh, Jimmy Rosario with Reggie Brooks. Um, let's see, we've got a couple of player uh, postgame press conferences to play back. Uh, let's hear from Drew Pine first. I mean, you guys saw his ability just to extend plays, and I mean that was one of the biggest things. Like his ability just to keep the keep the play alive, even though like it really should be a dead play, and be able to escape the pocket and still just keep it going. I mean, it led to guys that you have to plaster downfield, and it led to those extra pass yards, and then as well it led to I mean just him ex getting explosive runs. That I mean that was one of the biggest things that we needed to stop and beat him too. I mean, we obviously need to be better there, but as well, I mean, that's the part of the dual threat that a lot of times we're outnumbered because they have the threat to run the quarterback. And so it's our jobs. We need, we can't go one for one on blocks and we need to be able to get off blocks and make those plays. You, you, I'm sure, watched a lot of uh, film or preparation for Caleb and knew what he was a dual threat, but when you see him up close and play against him, was it any different? I mean, he's freaky athletic, and I mean, it, it shows, obviously. The biggest thing is, like, as we bring pressure up the middle, like, we need to make sure we keep our edges going upfield, but then as well, like, as we get through up the middle, like, when he spins back, we need to make sure that we're staying vertical to be able to keep him contained, and I mean, that was one of the biggest problems we had. There were some moments where this game could have got 
the way for you guys and it didn't. Yeah. What let you guys sort of stay within hostile environment, you know, all the and stuff? Like just what, what was the key to sort of staying yeah. within? I mean, one of the biggest things was just the offense. The offense was able to keep us in it and be able to respond when we needed to respond, keep it at that 10 point limit. And then within that, like, we obviously needed to just do our part and, I mean, be able to contain him. Last call. Thank you, JD. Thank you. What got going in the second half of the passing game? Your numbers are going to look great at the end of this game. What got going down in the second half? We're going to lose some things up downfield and start getting some deeper targets. Yeah, you know, I think we went empty. Uh, we went empty a lot and had the back in some routes and kind of knew what their check was to empty. And uh, we worked that all week. And Coach Reese had great plays against it. And we just were able to execute. Right. Today was the first time you guys have played from behind in a while. How does that change? Your approach as an offense, especially given how the run and mm. how long that game Yeah, you know, the beginning of the game being down um, a little bit, for us on the sideline, we were just trying to, you know, not try to press, and we were just trying to, you know, focus on ex- execution. And we can't control um, what the defense does, and our defense plays so hard. And But, you know, we can control what we can control on offense, and uh, so we were just taking it play by play. So being from behind really didn't have much to do uh, with the first half. Yeah, you know, I think we have a lot to play for still. You know, we're going to be in a bowl game, and I want to send all these seniors out the right way. We have a lot to play for. Um, you know, we have another game. We're, I'm going to prepare as hard as I can for that and finish the season off to, in a positive note. And, you know, that's going to be up my focus for the next month. And, I'm proud of how we fought today. I'm proud of how we fought all season. I'm really proud of our team. And, you know, I'm just in a month when the game comes up, we're going to finish in, in the right way. Is it, is it too reductive to say, like, USC was just better in some key moments tonight, whether it be the, the fourth and one stop on Mitch or, or the fumble that you had, like, you, that you felt like you guys were right there, but it was just one or two plays that kind of kept you guys from getting that time? Um, you know, I'll, I'll have to go back and look at the film, but you know, I think USC is a great team. You know, that was a really good team I played out. We played out there, and they're going to go on and do great things for the rest of the season. And, you know, Caleb Williams is a great player, and their defense is good. And you know, I, like you said, I mean, I, they are a great team, but so are we. And you know, they got the best of us tonight. Go ahead, third round, right? Uh, Drew, I just wanted to ask about um, Dion and Lorenzo. Um, you know, I think it's credit to them. They're two young guys who just work their tails off nonstop. And, you know, I, we work in practice, after practice, throwing back shoulders. Like, I worked that with Dion during the week, um, you know, throwing a high ball up to him in, in the red zone. And, you know, those guys just come to work every single day with a positive attitude. They're silly guys who like to have fun, and they're, they're some of my best friends. So kind of just like that chemistry of being close with them as receivers, I think translates on the field and all the work that we put in during the week. J.D. Bertrand was first. That was Drew Pine wrapping things up as far as uh, player press conferences go on the official Notre Dame football postgame show presented by St. Joseph Health System. Uh, let's let's see. Let's talk about uh, J.D. Bertrand first. Uh, nine tackles on the day. Uh, let's see. 
six of them by himself, and and it still seemed like, uh, <laughs> and, and this is the case for everybody on defense. Uh, it it still seemed that uh, that that Caleb Williams had each and every one of their numbers. Yeah, and you know, said you know, said JD is probably one of the more reliable tacklers on this team, and you know, in watching his struggles, it was like. Wow. I mean, yeah. this kid is he's freaking Houdini. Yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> just it was like he was toying with them and it's like, wow. I mean, is this kid that good? And I, you know, I haven't I haven't seen anyone else do that. And you know, I it's just watching him and you're just like, is he really just running around like just it was like he was just running around like in the backyard playing, you know, touch fo- football, mm-hmm. yeah. and nobody could touch him. Yeah, I I likened it more to Bo Jackson in Tecmo Bowl. It just seemed like, uh, you know, he was able to spin out of uh, of basically every sack, like almost every sack opportunity. They did get home on a couple of, of occasions, but they should have had more than two sacks with uh, with how often they got back to him, but. Williams just would spin out and he was gone. Yeah, I mean it it was that was, you know, I I mean you you know it coming in like like JD was saying, they knew that it was going to be, you know, challenging, but it's one thing to to see, you know, watch it on film and you see these things happening and you, you say, "Hey, Make sure we keep our leverage on the ball, keep it inside, keep him from escaping. Whole nother thing when you have to step out on that field and play. Right. And you know, it it was it was just that. It was just that. I mean, just to step out and try to play and this kid is just he's just that good. Yeah. And you know, there was, there was no answer for him. So <laughs> You know, and and playing, I you know, this is no by no means remotely close, but I do remember playing against Stanford, and I was playing defense, and I was defending Ed McCaffrey, and you know, it's one thing to say, hey, you know, stay, stay, in, stay, stay in phase, stay engaged with the receiver. It's another thing when you know the guy's six five, <laughs> you know, and he's just just going up grabbing the ball, and it's right. like. Ah, this is a little different. It's a little different than talking about it and game planning for it than actually performing and doing it. Mm-hmm. So I, I completely understand where JT was coming from. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, like after a while, it's just like, oh, come on, man, stop. Uh, but uh, but yeah, it, like like I said, you know, towards the uh, start of the show, uh, and this is the last time I checked, it could have even, you know, the odds could have dropped even more. Uh, minus twenty five hundred at BetMGM to win the Heisman Trophy. He certainly made his case today a lot better than a lot of other guys who were on that list. So uh, you know, I, I do have to take my hat off to uh, to Caleb Williams on on that front. Uh, Drew Pine. We also heard from Drew Pine. What did uh, What did you think about what Drew had to say? Well, again, I, I know he he felt bad again. You know. He, I, we we've said it. He he played well. Mm-hmm. You look at his numbers. 
it's hard to say, hey, you know, to knock him, but you know, the 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 two mistakes, yeah, were extremely costly. They were they were back, and yeah. and that's yeah, and that was the thing is like you know he twenty three of twenty six, three hundred eighteen yards, three touchdowns. Mm-hmm. Just you just stop there, man. He had a hell of a game. Yeah. Had a had a higher passing so, rating than Caleb Williams did, even. Yeah. <laughs> but and just like I said, you know, the difference was, as I mentioned before, those two turnovers and and the poor tackling. I mean, it really is I'm not gonna say it's that simple, but because you know, stopping Caleb Williams is not by any means not simple. And, you know, the 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 mesh point or the fumble. Mm. I I can't put that I can't put that all on on Drew, because, no. you know you you know this you know, the the mesh point got all messed up. They were all just you know dis discombobulated there in the backfield. Heck, you can't even put that on Riley and, Mills because he he hit his spot. <laughs> so yeah, so you you look at it and it's like you know hey. Things happen, so you yeah. have you have some guys make mistakes. So all in all, I mean, Drew played a heck of a game, but this goes to show and emphasize the importance of being able to run the football. And because Notre Dame was not able to effectively run the football, the results are the results. Yep. You know, and you, you, if you're expecting Drew Drew to be to to be the game winner to win the game, that's not you, you're not you're not, you're not going to win consistently with that approach. So and you know Mark has mentioned it about being efficient at the um you know in the passing game. I will say to say we're not efficient running the ball. Nope. I mean it's not that they didn't try to run the ball; mm-hmm. they just weren't efficient at it. And you know, but they were very efficient in the passing game. And but that's not how you beat a Southern Cow team because right. multiple times they played teams that score points and probably you know but the fact that you can't keep up and if you're not you know you're, if you're not running the ball and keeping that offense off the field you're going to have a problem and by not having ball control. And controlling the line of scrimmage, that's where Notre Dame, you know, struggled. 38-27, the final score, USC over Notre Dame. We will get through the opponent's scoreboard coming up next. Matt Embry has that for us. And uh, we'll uh, we'll name our players, or player of the game probably. I think we've got a pretty good idea of who we're picking. And, uh, you know, kind of. Just wrap things up as far as the regular season goes with the official Notre Dame football postgame show on Sunny 101.5 and Sports Radio 960 WS. And now it's time to see how Notre Dame's opponents fared on this extended weekend on the Under Armour opponent scoreboard. Of course, Under Armour, the official clothing and uniform providers of Notre Dame Athletics. Well, Ohio State's chances not completely eliminated from making the CFP, but they certainly were hurt today in their big matchup 
against Michigan. The Wolverines defeat the Buckeyes 45-23. Michigan, of course, advances to play Purdue in the Big Ten Championship game next week. Ohio State will see if luck has it that they get back into the top four or not after all is said and done. Marshall, a winner in their regular season finale over Georgia State today, 28-23. California had their chances on Friday against UCLA, but the Bruins get the victory over the Golden Bears, 35-28. North Carolina on Friday lost to in-state rival NC State, 30-27 in double overtime. That means something for Notre Dame because it could possibly open up a few bowl possibilities. We'll talk about those in the next segment. BYU still in action against Stanford, 2 Previous Notre Dame opponents this year, 21-10. The Cougars lead the Cardinal in the second. UNLV has defeated Nevada today, 27-22. Syracuse, after losing five straight, finally back into the win column. They defeat Boston College in a battle of two previous Notre Dame opponents, 32-23. And Clemson lost to South Carolina, 31-30. Second straight big victory for the Gamecocks. Of course, last week they stunned Tennessee. This week they defeat the Clemson Tigers. Naval Academy had this week off. They also have next week off as they play in the Army and Navy game in Philadelphia on December the 10th. Well, for the first time in five years, the Jewel Shillelagh is headed to L.A. as USC has defeated Notre Dame tonight, 38-27. We look ahead to possible bowl possibilities, maybe a look ahead to 2023, and also we'll name our player of the game when Jim and Reggie have the final segment of the official Notre Dame Football Post Game Show presented by St. Joseph Health System after this final timeout on Sunny 101.5 and Sports Radio 960 WSBT. The official Notre Dame football postgame show presented by St. Joseph Health System on Sunny 101.5 and Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Jimmy Rosario, Reggie Brooks, let's wrap things up for the uh, for the regular season. How, uh, how would you say Marcus Freeman's first season went? I, it was a mixed bag. Mm-hmm. You know, again, and I think this is also part of the fact that he is – you know, learn on the job. He's yeah. never been a head coach before. It's a, it's a challenging, um, challenging situation. You know, it's your first head coaching job being in Notre Dame with all the scrutiny and pressure that comes with it. But I think he's handled himself very well. It's been good seeing his progression as a head coach. So, um, I I had us going nine and three, um, but we go eight and four. So, um. All in all, it was successful, but still, still some things to that need to be uh, worked out. Um, would have loved to see them do a better job of making second half adjustments. That is something that mm-hmm. has been a, a problem all year. So I think that's something that they need to really as a staff, as a head coach and his staff needs to lean into being better at halftime adjustments and, you know, just continue to recruit like he's been recruiting because he's done a very good job 
in in that area, like I said, get some players. Because you think about it, they had two true freshmen playing at the corner position. Mm-hmm. And, you know, those guys, I mean, that's the future. Yeah. You look a lot of the young players, the young talent on this team that are stepping up, uh, making some 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 good plays, you know, you know, watching this this young team grow on the offensive line, on the defensive well, defensive backfield. Um I, I'm excited to see what's next, but I, I the biggest thing for me is I need to see those second half adjustments being made um if they're gonna take that next step as a as a program. You mentioned recruiting and Notre Dame getting a lot of accolades for that, a lot of compliments, uh, pretty much wherever you look, really, as far as their recruiting efforts go. Um, do you think they'll ever be able to recruit a quarterback like Caleb Williams? Mm. That is a very good question. I do believe they can, but I, I've always felt that you know, you're going to attract what you've had success with. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you look at the tight ends and the offensive line, uh, defensive line um, players that Notre Dame has gotten. And you because you've seen a progression and a success with those particular positions, we haven't seen a consistency in the development of the quarterback position at Notre Dame in in quite some time. So until there is, you know, some success in developing a quarterback. I just, I'm, I just don't see Notre Dame getting that true game changer um, until there's consistent development in that position. And then I guess uh, finally, we'll have one more game left after this. They're, they're definitely going bowling with an eight and four record. Uh, ESPN, CBS Sports, a lot of uh, a lot of the uh, the uh, the uh, sports sites out there. Uh, seeing a lot of Gator Bowl out there. Seeing uh, the Holiday Bowl. Uh, seeing uh, what was what was another one that I saw. The uh, <laughs> Sports Illustrated has uh, Notre Dame slated to play in the Gasparilla Bowl against Pittsburgh. Uh, that down in Tampa. So I mean. Most bowls that I've heard of, anyway, as uh, you know, at least with the Holiday Bowl and the uh, and the Gator Bowl. Um, of course, we won't know that until you know the uh, the fourth of December when when those things get announced. Where uh, where would you like to see Notre Dame go out of you know all eight billion bowl games? <laughs> uh, well, at this point, again, I'm I'm more concerned about you know because the bowl game is is the setup for the next season. Yeah. So I really would like to see this team play in a bowl and win the bowl game Mm -hmm. first and foremost and see, again, like I said, the second half adjustments being made and see the success. Because like I said, even when, you know, the success they had against Navy and against Boston College in the first half, both those games, they just weren't as successful in the second half. And I need to see that progression to really see that, hey, this team is taking the next step. And so whatever bowl game they go to, first and foremost, need to win it 
And secondly, for me, I need to see some progression in second half adjustments. So I'm I'm okay with any bowl they go to as long as they go to a bowl and they come out victorious because the bowl game is 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 a you know is a perk, if you will. Yeah. For the team and the success that they had. So wherever they go, I want them to be successful and also for the kids to have fun. Enjoy that opportunity because it you know it's it's just that it's an opportunity to, to play another game but also to commune with your teammates and you know you got a little more opportunity to commune with the fans which is always good yeah absolutely um as far as uh the gator bowl seems to be the most common destination throughout throughout all the websites that are uh, making those sorts of prognostications uh let's see south carolina on the list arkansas on the list uh, maybe even Kentucky in there. Uh, all SEC teams, as far as uh, as far as the Gator Bowl would go, uh, you know, of those three, you know, just kind of throw a dartboard at one of them, or uh, is is there one that stands out to you that uh, kind of makes? I you mean, go? just because just kind of the old school, I, I I would lean more toward the Gator Bowl. Mm-hmm. I mean, just just from a you know an old timer standpoint, <laughs> right? You know, having I, I I would like to see them again. It's also in Florida, where you know it's a good chance you'll have good weather mm-hmm. and you know some warm weather, and that, that's a better chance you can enjoy yourself in warm weather than somewhere where it's potentially not as warm. <laughs> so no. I, I would lean toward the Gator Bowl. You're 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 saying that a a snowy Sun Bowl in El Paso, Texas, isn't uh, isn't ideal. I'm also having fun. And again, <laughs> nothing against El Paso, but Jacksonville, El Paso. Probably a few more things to do. Yeah, a few. And a few more things to do in, in, in Jacksonville than I would say in El Paso. That's just my speculation. <laughs> so forgive me, any El Paso folks. <laughs> uh, I, you know what? If if El Paso has a, has a pulse on their community, they're probably going, you know what? He's right. So, um, anyway, we'll talk. Uh, we'll talk for the bowl game, I guess. Looking forward to it, yeah. and uh, you know, good year. I, I mean, all in all, good year. Yeah. You, you saw saw the, the, some adaptability of some guys, and I'm I'm excited about the freshmen and and sophomores. This, this team is still pretty young, and yeah. seeing those guys get out there and compete and making some plays, it's like, hey, this is this could be all right, you know, you know, go, especially going into the next year. Yeah, and especially for, you know, with as many freshmen that have gotten uh, some substantial playing time, uh, that can only help with the development too. So, you know, sunny, exactly. sky, sunny skies exactly. are ahead. So, uh, anyway, uh, yeah, bowls get announced on uh, Sunday, December 4th. And uh, so we'll uh, we'll find out then which uh, which bowl game Notre Dame is going to be going to. Uh, until then, Reggie, it's been a pleasure, man. We got our player of the game, don't we? Oh yeah, player of the game, player of the game. Almost almost got out of here without it. Um, okay. Your thoughts? This is the last well, technically <laughs> the last one of the season. Right, right. Regular season anyway. And, yeah. And 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 it should go to a guy that you know just continues to to shine and. Rink records every yeah. time he touches the ball, but um, and it was it was tough. Like I said, you know, Drew Prime had a heck of a game. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, but 
the two turnovers really kind of nixed it for me. So Michael Mayer is the player of the game. Eight catches, 98 yards, two touchdowns, and the guy continues to just make play after play after play. Uh, moving up to third on Notre Dame's all-time reception list as well. So, you know, just keeps, you know, just climbing up the record book as as far as Notre Dame goes in in, in less than three seasons, uh, as it should be noted once again. So now I will say uh, I, I will talk to you at the bowl game. Yes. And, you know, hopefully it's in Jacksonville. <laughs> <laughs> right. Just hope it's somewhere warm, man. Although San Diego, yeah, exactly. San Diego for the Holiday Bowl, that, that may not be too bad either. I'm, I'm just saying. No, no, I wouldn't. I mean, but I said, I'm, I'm just, I'm not a fan of California. <laughs> Sorry. It's just. It's everything it's, about Southern I'm, California. Yeah. I got it. I got it. Uh, so. It's too expensive for literally everything. Yeah, it is. It really is. Uh, so, you know. <laughs> Reggie, it's been a pleasure, man. Same here. Good year. Yep. Good year, and uh, you know we'll we'll see you at Go the bowl Irish. game, man. Exactly. Go Irish, and <laughs> and uh, and that uh, that wraps it up. That wraps up the regular season for the official Notre Dame football post game show. Like I said, bowls get announced on Sunday, December fourth. So we've got a little bit of time before uh, before we find out where Notre Dame is going to be bowling. So uh, you know we'll we'll let you know as as soon as we find out. So. Everything, uh, you know, everything now just kind of in a waiting pattern. For Reggie Brooks, I'm Jimmy Rosari. This has been the official Notre Dame football postgame show on Sunny 101.5 and Sports Radio 960 WSBT. This has been the official Notre Dame football postgame show presented by St. Joseph Health System. Brought to you by Coca-Cola, Sirius XM, Chili's, Papa Vino's, South Bend Orthopedics, South Bend Airport, West Bend Insurance, Centier Bank, and ABC 57 News. Also by Pet Refuge, Barnabies of Mishawaka and Granger, OSMC, and the Food Bank of Northern Indiana. Hey everyone, Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering, char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today.